everyone. Stick to football and stick to football live. May the fourth be with you, Mello and Connor. I hate myself for making that joke, but it has to be said. Not even a Star Wars fan, really. AFC North class breakdowns today. We're going to get into it with some very good classes from the AFC North. Don't forget, leave your draft on draft questions right here in the Bleacher Report app, right in that comment stream. Leave your questions. If you like somebody's question, hit that fire button. We're going to answer three of them at the end of the show if you leave good ones. If you don't, we're still going to answer three questions at the end of the show. Don't forget to follow us each in the Bleacher Report app so you can get updates on all the things that we're doing here at BR and at Stick to Football. Fellas, we got Mello, we got Connor rocking a whale on his shirt. He looks amazing. It is good to be back together, fellas, after a much-needed three-day weekend. Look at Connor. Connor's summer ready. I feel like we just skipped spring altogether. Look at my guy. Boys, I sat in the sun for the last three days, and I am feeling it right now. It was a little mini heat wave here in the New York City area, but I'm ready to grade some drafts from the AFC North. I think one of our favorite divisions when it comes to this draft. Yeah, absolutely. We've talked for years about the Ravens just draft well. Ozzie Newsom's the man, one of the best GMs of football. He lines up so well with John Harbaugh. Ozzie just drafts great. Well, Ozzie Newsom retired. This is Eric DaCosta's first draft without Ozzie by his side. And the student has become the master. Is that a Star Wars thing? I don't know. It was close. Look at this draft from the Ravens. Mello and Connor, you're each going to give a grade. But Mello, what is your breakdown on this thing? A-plus draft for these guys. I think a lot of teams were probably wondering what was going to happen after Ozzie Newsome, And they still nailed it. And they even went after an LSU guy like you guys mentioned on the stream. But I love what they did here. And getting a playmaker at running back like they did. I love Mark Ingram. The guy can't do it forever, though. These two linebackers, though, Queen and Harrison, I think these guys are going to complement each other so well. You see the speed that Harrison has and what he can do in coverage. I think he's going to be an exceptional linebacker in this class. He's able to sink his hips, get back there, and you also have Harrison who's going to be able to take away the run. If you could combine these two linebackers, they would be the absolute perfect linebacker. I love what they were able to do, though, getting value at both these picks. A-plus, I think outside of the Cowboys, this is probably my favorite class in the entire draft. I'm with you, Melo. I absolutely loved this draft for the Ravens. It felt like they kept hitting on value time and time again. I don't know how Patrick Queen made it to them in the first round, but he did, and he'll be a star there. But it was even the picks after that. I look at somebody like J.K. Dobbins that can work that outside run game with Lamar Jackson. That's a perfect fit. Justin Matabuke is a guy that gives you a pass rush on defense from the interior of the defensive line. And getting back to Dobbins, yes, they have Mark Ingram, but this is the Ravens' way. They're always a year early rather than a year late. So they'll run Mark Ingram like crazy this year. Dobbins will get some workload as well. But in 2021, this run game won't miss a beat because Dobbins will be able to take over as the full-time starter. They've done such a nice job helping their young quarterback back in Lamar Jackson by good by putting good pieces on the offensive line good pieces at the skill talent and once again they reloaded on the middle of their defense with Malik Harrison in the middle of this group I think once again when you look at Patrick Queen and coverage they have it all it felt like the Ravens got a little bit of everything in this draft and a lot of my favorite players the Ravens last year during the regular season they were the hottest team Lamar Jackson and MVP that defense was nasty it's going to be even better the players you guys highlighted they did great in rounds one two and three but For me, it's what they did even late in the draft. And I'll go to round three. Getting Devin Duvernay out of Texas, such a great fit 
with what you already have in Hollywood Brown. But now you get Duvernay, dropped one pass in college. The downfield speed is there. He ran every route in the playbook at Texas. He was Sam Ellinger's go-to guy. If you're watching the stream, you can see the back shoulder fades, the adjustments to some underthrown balls that he made. Duvernay is going to be a playmaker in this offense and on special teams. But then in round seven, they got a hard hitter. Hard Hit Harry is this guy's nickname. Geno Stone from Iowa, one of my favorite of the day three picks in this entire draft class. You cut Tony Jefferson, you keep Chris Clark. I think Geno Stone has a very good chance to make this roster for the Baltimore Ravens. I have to give them an A+. plus. It seems like they just do a great job every year. Now, the team trying to catch them. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you have to include Mika Fitzpatrick in this draft class. They trade their first-round pick and some change for him. Mello, the Steelers, they had some holes to fill, not a lot of picks to do it. I, and I love the move to get Minka Fitzpatrick, but when you look at the rest of this draft class and what they got, I'm not in love with it. I really like Chase Claypool. I think that he can come in and be very effective, and I do think this is one of the few teams that probably is going to play him at tight end and at slot receiver, and I love that fit, but when you're looking at the rest of it, I don't love it. I'm giving this grade a C- minus for the Steelers. I don't think you did anything to really improve your team. You're really banking on a guy like Ben Roethlisberger coming back and being healthy. I thought they might go and target a corner even after getting Minka in the trade or maybe even looking at a quarterback of the future. You have no idea how Roethlisberger is going to recover. I think this is a team that starts needs to start looking at a quarterback every year until you can find one late or spend a first-round pick on him. I think this is a team that probably needs to look for their quarterback in the future, and that needs to start right now. Well, for how talented this roster is, I thought moving their first-round pick and getting what they got out of Minka Fitzpatrick was phenomenal because, uh, let's be real, guys, they were just going to win a lot of games, and to get a player better than him was going to be very, very difficult unless they were after somebody like Jordan Love that fell to the back end of round one. But when you look at the rest of the draft, yes, it felt like it was a little early for Chase Claypool, but this is a team that develops pass catchers as good as any in the league. I really like Anthony McFarland at running back for them. It feels like they just haven't had an explosive option in the backfield for quite some time. And that, I mean, even Le'Veon Bell, who's an amazing power back, he's got good agility, he's a good pass catcher, but the actual acceleration that McFarland has brings a different kind of runner to this group with James Conner. I think when you even look at some of the other picks, I really like Kevin Dotson in the fourth round. I think he's a future starter at guard. So I think when they, you know, for a team that didn't have a ton of picks, a ton of premium picks. I think they found a couple players. I think Claypool's going to help on special teams. He's going to help in the red zone. And going back to the whole thing together with Minka Fitzpatrick, not the best draft, but solid enough where I give it a B. Yeah, guys, when I look at what the Steelers did, it's, okay, you had a pretty good draft, and you have a pretty good roster, but are you good enough to beat the Baltimore Ravens? Did you leave those three days in late April good enough to beat the Baltimore Ravens? My answer is no, you're still not. And the big concern for me would be if Ben Roethlisberger goes down again. We just saw the two guys drafted ahead of him, Eli Manning retired, Phillip Rivers. They didn't want any more in the Chargers. You got no plan except for a guy who gets punched in the face really well and Duck Hodges. I don't know how you can go into the regular season thinking, we're good here. This is a team that should be calling Cam Newton to get a number one backup quarterback. We see how valuable that spot is. So I like this draft. I was going to mention Kevin Dodson, Connor. I'm glad that you did. I do think if healthy, he's a starter at the next level. I thought they went a little early on Alex Highsmith and Anthony McFarland Jr. Actually, their sixth and seventh round picks I liked the best. Antoine Brooks Jr. from Maryland and then Carlos Davis, one of the Davis brothers 
at defensive tackle from Nebraska. So I gave them a B minus. It's a good draft, but I don't quite know if you're ready to take down the king of the north, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. Now, don't forget, guys, leave your draft on draft questions. We're going to answer those at the end of the show. Just comment them right here in the stream. But today's show is sponsored by State Farm with the State Farm mobile app for roadside assistance. State Farm is able to assist you quicker than John Ross at the Combine. And unlike John Ross, State Farm will not languish on the Bengals' IR for years. That's just mean, guys. State Farm's help is so fast that State Farm was confident enough to skip the Combine to focus on their pro day. Unfortunately, due to recent circumstances, attendance at the pro day was scarce, causing many people to question that 4-2-2 the State Farm reportedly ran. State Farm's the rare prospect that is quick and fast. Thank you, State Farm, for supporting Stick to Football. I believe their 4-2-2 more than I do John Ross's 4-2-2. I think we can just all agree he didn't actually run a 4-2-2. I'm never going to believe it. It's like aliens and ghosts. You're going to have to show me or I'm not going to believe that it's real. That was a rant I had earlier today that you're now all getting caught up on. Fellas, we mentioned John Ross. We're going to get to his team in a moment. But how about those Cleveland Browns? A year ago, all the talk in the streets was the Browns were going to be a Super Bowl team. Baker was an MVP. The Browns browned, and they did not get to that level. Connor, what are you thinking about Cleveland's draft this year? Well, let's start with round one, guys. I thought what they got in the first round in Jedrick Wills was simply the best tackle in the draft. So that's a slam dunk to me, which really elevates this grade from the get-go. Now, when you look at the second round, there's a little bit more risk here in Grant Delpit. Which Grant Delpit are we going to get? The guy that looked like an absolute star as a sophomore that can do a lot of nice things playing in the box or the player that didn't want to tackle anybody on a championship team in his junior year. So that's what makes it so hard to grade this draft. I really like Donovan Peoples-Jones that late in the draft. Nick Harris is a really ideal zone center, and I think that's the run game they're going to be looking to develop there. So when you look at the Browns draft, there is some risk, but there's also a lot of really nice scheme fits and impact players. And I'm going to go out and say it. I actually think Grant Delpit is going to rebound. So when I look at the entire thing, I give it a B plus. The only problem I had with this, guys, I I liked Jacob Phillips. And when I said that, I thought he'd be a nice sixth round flyer. They took him in the third round and no teams I talked to thought he would go on the second day of this draft. So that surprised me a little bit. But whatever. You took a pick on a linebacker in the third round. Overall, it's a really good draft and it's a B plus for me. Yeah, I really like their draft, too. And I think a lot of Cleveland Browns fans probably think that I hate their team. I just hate your quarterback. I actually really (laughs) like your team team. and your organization. And I love the pieces that you surround him with. Jedrick Wills, number one tackle on my board. And then you go out and you get some other guys. Harrison Bryant, I think, is going to come in. You don't know what's going to happen with Njoku. And and you add Hooper in free agency. I think this is a team that might actually get to those 10 wins that we expected last year. I really like their draft. I'm going to give them an A-. minus. I think with Grant Delbert, there's a lot of up upside there and him sliding to the second round I think that puts a chip on his shoulder and I do think we get sophomore year Grant Delpit not junior year Grant Delpit man I hope so because this draft would be an A plus if they get sophomore year Grant Delpit where they got him if you can get sophomore year Donovan Peoples Jones as well who was your sixth round pick this is the best draft of any team in the NFL draft now the key is they did roll the dice on some injured players Grant Delpit will tell anyone who would listen that he had an ankle injury that caused his fall I actually thought they reached on him based on how his 2019 tape looked. Donovan Peoples-Jones, another player who was banged up a lot this year. I like all these names. The problem is this what the Browns do. And you could go back and look at some draft grades from me from like 2014 that when they hit on my good players, the Browns draft never works out. It's some kind of curse between the two of us. So I'm actually giving this a B plus. 
I liked that we didn't see this become this analytical draft where they trade out of the number 10 spot or they trade out of the second round. They didn't do that. They didn't go with the Sashi Brown approach. This was more of a classic, this is how you scout players, this is who we draft. Even Jordan Elliott, who they got in the third round, his penetration out of Mizzou as a three technique is really intriguing to me. I thought they hit all their needs. They checked all the boxes, but there are some swing or miss boomer bust type players here that they drafted that's why they get the b plus for me let's stay in the state of ohio though the cincinnati Bengals. they had the number one pick in every round of this draft that started with joe burrow which was the pick from december basically we knew as soon as the Bengals earned the pick we knew who it was going to be connor you can just kick us off here the grade for the Bengals. how'd you think they did this year really liked what they did here guys and quietly did very very well i think on one of our shows last week we talked about how the washington Redskins come out, they get Chase Young, and then they kind of lost momentum. The Bengals didn't really do that with this draft. You go out, you get Joe Burrow, that's great. He's your franchise quarterback. Matt, I know you want to talk about the connection with him and T. Higgins. I really like that pick as well. What I want to discuss is really bolstering, solidifying the middle of this defense, which was so vital. I liked what they have at linebacker. You go and get a Logan Wilson that can play Mike Backer. Maybe he'll play strong side backer. A three-year captain. You don't hear that very often. And a productive four-year starter at Wyoming. That's somebody that is going to really come in and be ready to go for this defense. There's really no learning curve. What you see is what you get. He's a throwback backer. He's good against stopping the run inside and outside. And then if you're worried about him running in coverage with running backs and tight ends, they got Akeem Davis Gaither from App State a guy that is going to play weak side backer. He's kind of built like a safety, even though he plays in the box. A lot of speed, a lot of good movement ability. So they got two really good linebackers outside of those early picks that can play right away, that complement each other very well. I like what the Bengals did, and they earned this A- minus all the way. Yeah, and I'm giving this draft an A-plus as well. I I think they really hit on all the positions that they need. I think receiver might have been a little bit of a stretch, but you need to give Joe Burrow some targets. You have a lot there. Uh, We'll see what happens with A.J. Green, though. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy that moves on next year uh, after that franchise tag if if he doesn't like what's going on in Cincinnati. And another linebacker that they drafted in the seventh round, Marcus Bailey out of Purdue. I think if this guy's not hurt, we're talking about him in the third round, uh, if not higher. He was very good good uh, in the Big Ten, and I think that they can be a very good team going forward. A lot of people are predicting that the Bengals will be drafting in the top five next year. I don't know if they will be. I think that they are really in a good position. You get Jonah Williams coming back and all the pieces from this draft class. They're looking very good. This is an A draft for me. Yeah, I gave them an A-. minus. I actually loved what the Bengals did. I know the first overall pick was a no-brainer. If you're watching us on Bleacher Report, in the Bleacher Report app, as you should be, you saw Joe Burrow carving up everyone. That was a no-brainer. I loved that they did not trade out on Friday night. Said, we have the 34th pick. Let's get Joe Burrow a future target. I think that this duo with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins moving forward, no, I'm not mentioning A.J. Green. I think that duo moving forward with Joe Burrow has the potential to be special. This could be one of the best triangle offenses in the NFL. Joe Burrow, his ability to throw a touch, and then T. Higgins soaring over defenders. I thought he was the best pure vertical route runner in this draft class. Another question is about speed. My man ran the same 40-yard dash as Michael Thomas, so I'm not worried about that. He can get down the field. He can streak 
with great routes, and I liked what they did the rest of this draft. Logan Wilson, y'all mentioned, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Marcus Bailey. You drafted three linebackers for years. We used to joke about the Bengals. They love all these old, slow linebackers who aren't the modern fit. They just drafted potentially three starting linebackers, and even Hakeem Adeniji in the sixth round. He could be a left tackle in the NFL. I know there was questions about he needs to develop, but the athleticism is absolutely there. So the Bengals get an A- minus from me. Overall, very, very high on what we've seen from the AFC North from all three of us. I'm going to put you guys on the spot real quick. If you had to pick one team right now, May 4th, to win the North, who's it going to be? It's the Ravens still. I, I think that the Browns are getting close. I think the Browns will be better than the Steelers this year, but there's so much ground to make up with the Ravens. They're just too good right now. They're coming back with a loaded backfield. I really think they're just going to pound the ball down everybody's throat. And when that doesn't work, hit Hollywood Brown or Devin DuVernay deep. It's just very hard to pick against Baltimore. I mean, when you look at this, barring some kind of crazy injury, they're just relocked and reloaded here, guys. I mean, they got even better. They didn't lose a ton of players in the offseason, and I think their ability to get Matt Judon to play on the franchise tag, you drafted very well on the defensive side of the ball, and you even got another playmaker or two for Lamar Jackson again, and they're a well-coached team. I Listen, the Browns, like you said, they're getting there. I don't know what we're going to see from Big Ben this year. And I think the Steelers are just as talented as Baltimore when Big Ben is on. My question is, will he ever be on again? Yeah, also picking Baltimore. This one's easy. We got two draft-on-draft questions because I threw my own in asking you guys who would win the North. C. Whelan, 88. I think that's for Des Bryant, Michael Irvin, or C.D. Lamb. I'll let you guys figure it out. Which AFC North quarterback throws for the most touchdowns in 2020, and how many will it be? Sounds like our guy is maybe playing a little over-under. And it's just throwing the football? Just throwing. Uh, So I think that eliminates Lamar Jackson. I, I'm going to go with Ben Roethlisberger on this one, and I'll put that number at about 30, 33. Uh, I think the other quarterbacks are going to be pretty good. But I think that Ben Ben comes back, and they're going to have to throw the football. You saw what they did with the running game last year. You give him a a target like Claypool in the red zone. I'm going to bet on Ben Roethlisberger, maybe not being very good this year, but throwing for a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, it's easy to bet on Big Ben having the bounce back. Connor, you're rolling with your guy, LJ? Listen, I'm going to go with Big Ben as well. I think when you look at the other three teams, they're just going to run the ball so much, guys. Ravens, we know how much they run the ball. The Browns have gone out. Sure, you signed Austin Hooper, but you also signed Jack Conklin. You have plenty of running backs there, and you drafted a right tackle with a top 10 pick. I think the Browns are going to run the ball like crazy this year. Baker Mayfield had only 22 passing touchdowns last year. I don't know how much higher that number gets. Joe Burrow is a sneaky pick, but once again, he's a rookie. So I'm going to go with the guy that's probably throwing it will be like 40 times a game. As long as he could stay healthy, I agree with Mello. It'll be Big Ben. I can't agree with both of you guys. I'm going to take Baker. I'm also trying to mend our broken relationship a little bit. He threw 27 as a rookie. I think there's a chance for a bounce back this year. Another 22-21 ain't going to do it. Let me ruin it then because I think that he will finish last in the division. I think Joe Burrow will go for more touchdowns than Baker Mayfield. Every time I try to make up to Baker, Mello comes in and he like swoops in on my camera and is like, hey, we're still Texas fans. All right, last draft on draft question from G. Mar 
Teeny, what is the deepest position so far in the 2021 draft class? I know Melo has been working nonstop on draft 2021. What do you like so far? The offensive tackles. I can't believe how many offensive tackles are in this class so far that I like. Honestly, I think there are about six that could go in the first round, and that's as of right now. I don't love the edge rushers in this class. I think corner's a little bit weak. But offensive tackle and, again, with the receivers, those are going to be two very special groups. Again in 2021. I was going to say, tell me if you've heard this before, but it feels like the wide receiver class again, guys. It's ridiculous. And I don't know if it'll be yeah. good as, as good as last year's. I think that's a little bold. But when you look at Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, obviously Jamar Chase and Justin Ross, those are the highlighted names, but people aren't talking enough already about Rondell Moore. Tamarian Terry from Florida State is a guy that if his quarterback could just throw him the ball, he gave Bryce Hall a lot of problems last year. So I think this wide yeah. receiver class is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I was going to say wide receiver. Last year, 37 drafted. I don't know if we'll hit that number that was that tied a record, but the top end might be better. Jamar Chase, I think he has a chance to be better than Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs. The top end is going to be exceptional. How about tight end? Kid at Penn State, yeah, uh, Kylie Friar Fitz, Friermuth, Kylie Fitz at Florida, and then you've got Brevin Jordan at Miami. Tight end was weak this year. Cole Komet first one off the board mid round two. I bet we see a first round tight end. Oh, I, I definitely think so too. I mean, they call Friermuth Baby Gronk for a reason. He's a lot more than just a pass catcher. The way he moves, he's more Baby Kelsey. Yeah, and running back. I don't know if it's going to be deeper, but you look at the top heavy group there: Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Chuba Hubbard. Those are three guys that probably could have been in the mix in that round two of this year's class. Now they come back, and I think that they can all three maybe maybe even be first-rounders. We do not sleep and stick to football. We're already on to 2021. And a little spoiler alert for our friends right here. In this very app, Tuesday morning, my first big board for the 2021 NFL Draft drops. We will be back right here Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern as we break down the NFC North. Probably not much Mitchell Trubisky talk. Sorry, Bears fans. Follow us on Twitter at Stick to Football. I am at NFL Draft Scout, at Mello, and at Connor J. Rogers. Don't forget, subscribe to Stick to Football wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Pods, all the amazing podcast networks. For the gang, we'll be back Wednesday. See you then.